Hi, Pastor Greg here. I am the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Montana. You are listening to the live Sunday service that streams most Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you would like to listen to past broadcasts, you can find us at www.agjordanmt.com. You can find links for our live broadcast as well as links to past broadcasts. Look for Jordan Assembly of God Church on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. Or if you like to watch the service, you can follow the video links and subscribe to be notified when we go live. We are doing a series on both letters written to the Christians in Thessalonica called Thessalonians. So without further introduction, Thessalonians. Right. Well, we are in part two of the supplemental of the first Thessalonians um, series that we are doing. And no, we're not going to go back through every single verse there. Okay, so no worries there. But these are the things that we've been going through. The, the, the power coming through the Holy Spirit that is within us, the character, the fruit of the Spirit that is being um, shown to other people, the Holy Spirit in the world and grace given unto us. Um, the effect to allow effect. Remember that an effect is an experience or something that you witness, something that happens to you. But effect is a word that basically means to look on something that is not natural for me to do and then mold myself after it. So the effect that God has upon my life to allow it to affect me, to look on something that's not natural. It's not natural to love your enemies. It's not natural, you know, to to look at a person and look past all the things that they're, you're seeing in order to see the person that's behind you or behind them. Truth is substance. It is not vanity. It is not empty. When you follow after truth, you're following after God. You're following after Jesus. You're following after the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the leader of all truth and that grace that, he, that works in our lives. And as you grow, as you follow after truth, you grow in your faith. You grow in your faith to inspire other people's faith, to build up and to encourage other people. It's not just meant for you. It's meant for a ministry to others. Okay? That this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Um, A.W. Tozer, uh, back, in, uh, back in the early 1900s, was quoted as saying, the most important thing that you can think of is what you think about when you think about God. The most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. And that brings about the concept. Remember, that concept is what your takeaway is after you've experienced something, after there was an effect. So, so like, you've just, you went to a football game and you're going over and you're telling, you just got done and you're coming up to your friends and you're saying, man, that was the greatest thing ever. And, and this is what happened and this is what happened and this is what happened. And another person comes up and says, that's not what happened. You know, and why is that? Well, because your concept of what you see and your takeaway is different. And what we experience is the fact that the longer that you 
maintain focus on something, your memory and your concept is more solid. So when you, after your Bible reading and your prayer, after your time spent, consistent time, your concept of who God is in your life is clearer. What you think about when you think about God. And then understanding that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. We are not measured or leveled by opinion or about what we think is, is right or what we, what we think is wrong. That's not what we're measured by. We are measured by the chief cornerstone. And it is better to go to that cornerstone and learn and follow after. It's better to humbly fall on that cornerstone than to be crushed by it. Now, so in 2 Timothy 2.1, that's a very short one there, but 2 Timothy 2.1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. I want to thank you for how you bring us together and how we can just spend this time fellowshipping with one another and learning more from your word. I pray, Father, that our hearts and minds will be open to you. In your name I pray. Amen. In this supplemental deal, part two, I'm just going to briefly go over these. These are the scripture verses for it. So if you're taking notes and you want to actually go over them, I'm not going to dig into them right now because we did that last Sunday. If you are wanting to know about how that all conversation went and whatever, that sermon, by the way, is being posted today. So you can go on to agjordanmt.com and you can actually get that sermon. But just briefly. This is the intrinsic characteristics of Christians is what we're going through. And that means a genuine, something that's built in. This is the kind of characteristics that are when you when when a person says, I'm a follower of a Christ, a follower of Christ, then this is the kind of character that is being developed. This is the kind of character that is inside. So this is not finger pointing. What it is is that if you notice certain things in these characteristics that are not necessarily there then there's always that battle with the flesh, that wrestling that we talked about way back when, that happens because there are things that God is wanting to do in us, but remember it's the divine influence upon my heart and its reflection in my life. That reflection is a choice. I have a choice to follow after and to, and to interact with the outside world the way God is interacting with me on the inside. I have that choice. Or I can choose to do things the way I used to do them. Now, the problem is, is that there are some times where that knee-jerk reaction is always there. But the fruit of the Spirit is being grown in us so that our knee-jerk reaction or our disposition, where we're going to lean to, would lean more toward the character of what God would want us to do rather than do what I would normally do. And then with the Holy Spirit, we're, we often are like, well, aren't these two the same thing? You got the fruit of the Spirit, you got the Spirit of God within me. Aren't these two the same thing? No, the Holy Spirit is in the world, Jesus says. 
The Holy Spirit is in the world, confuting the world, and is powerful in the world. We have the Holy Spirit within us that witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God, but the, the, the Holy Spirit came down to confute the world. Confute, really, really neat word if you're, if you're looking that one up in the dictionary. I would highly suggest the 1828 dictionary. And, and if you look up that word, it means to prove wrong, to prove error, to bring down disputes, to bring down arguments. And he confutes the world. So the Holy Spirit's in the world right now, confuting the world. And when we, and it's the reason why they have such a, a hard time with a person who's walking, in, walking with Jesus is because the world knows it's wrong. The world knows that this is not how it's supposed to be. But the world is trying to lie to itself and say, and, and this is the reason why in John chapter 3, it says, this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and the world loved darkness rather than the light. The condemnation, notice, did not come because of Jesus. And it did not come because the light is there. It became, the condemnation was because the world loved the darkness rather than the light, for their ways were evil. And we also learned that the Holy Spirit is where I, our, our identity is. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about how the Spirit of God witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God. And that in John, Jesus says all those things about it confuting the world, but he also says about the fact that, that the Spirit is speaking to us whatever Jesus is speaking to us, because whatever the Son gets, he gets from the Father, and whatever the, the Son gets, he gives to the Spirit, and the Spirit, so thus... The Spirit of God leads us into all truth. So you know, like you want to know truth. You cannot know truth outside of the Holy Spirit because He's leading you into all truth. Because the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus, who's the way, the truth, and the life. So that was last Sunday. Like I said, it's actually posting today. And this Sunday is the fit to finish it up. And we're talking about grace. Now there's a particular individual who could probably jump up here right now and actually probably talk about grace and everything that it has done. I know from the testimonies of some of you that you can talk about grace right now. that by the grace of God you are here. Grace, that favor, that goodwill, that disposition, that disposition basically means that in my character, in who I am, I am always going to lean this way. So the grace of God working upon me and its work upon my life, that when I am confronted with something, that my disposition isn't to uh, get angry or to get upset or to attack back, but my disposition is to give grace. Why? Because grace was given to me. To give love. Why? Because love was given to me. So, 
the inner work, that divine influence. Also, another thing that grace does, it gives others the ability to be different. Oh, I know that person. They're always such and such. Oh, I know them. And around here, you will actually hear, hear a lot of this. Um, that person is related to that person, which is related to this person, and that person always did fill in the blank. And because that person always did fill in the blank, this person seems to also do fill in the blank. And so you have this constant thing of doing this. But grace says they can be different. Grace says they do not have to be that way anymore. And so the intrinsic characteristic of a believer in Christ is the ability and the willingness to be able to see a person through God's character. Because that person can be completely different. And you got to allow that person to be that way. Now, depending on situations, I'm not saying that you have to be best friends forever. You know, not BFFs here. Okay, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that you also do not have to stand in judgment of. You also do not have to stand bitterly in, in looking at. And you also do not have to be finger pointing at. You can actually learn to see them through the grace of God. Now I'm going to give a testimony. And I'm going to be talking about Patsy. So Patsy, you can close your ears if you want. Right, I know, right? But it's the best example. It is the best example. So so in 2013, I do believe it was 2012, 2013, when, you were, when were you staying at that house, at Casper's house, right above Sally's house? It was about 2013, wasn't it? About then. It was shortly after the fire. Our house had just burned down. We had had the hailstorm that looked like Revelation, something out of Revelation. I mean, it walked down the road. It was so loud, you could hear it coming like a freight train. Boom, 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 down the road. And we had just gone through that. Our house had burned down. We're living in Sally's house. And I'm outside the, outside the side, and there was this lady there. She said that she was Casper's mom. And she was living in Casper's house. And if you know who I'm talking about, then you know exactly the house that I'm that I'm saying. And, and the person that I saw looked like a person that you could throw into any situation and be able to come out the other side. This person looks like... A, if, if there was a competition between a freight train... And this person, I would say the freight train should probably jump off the tracks. Okay? Because, because this is not the person that the freight train wants to mess with. I mean, that's how she looked. Right? That's what I'm saying. So, I'll fast forward. Two years later, A lady comes up to me. She's been coming to church, Diane. She came up to me and she says, I have a friend that wants to give a testimony. Two years later, by the way. I'm like, cool. I'm always up for a testimony. I think that's very awesome. I think that's very, very cool. So, so she says, and this, and, this, and this lady comes in. 
And she greets me and we talk. And she sits over there and she says, I'm Patsy's mom. I'm standing right here. And I look and then I look again and then I look for a third time and I ask her, say that again? And she says, I'm Patsy, or I'm Casper's mom. I'm Patsy, I'm Casper's mom. The lady that we have sitting here in this second row right here is not the same lady I met back beside Sally's house. The grace of God works in so many different ways you can never imagine the peace that comes over a person. The peace that comes over a person. And that was that that right there was a testimony. That was a big testimony. And that ability to give others gives you a contentment. Now, what if they don't change? Still, you have a contentment to love, to cherish, and to care. Even if, if they do change, that's great. Even if they don't change, you know you're not the one that's holding on to anger. You know you're not the one. You're going to allow them to be what they choose to be, but you're not going to pigeonhole them into a certain box. And I will guarantee you, I'm going to flip this around. I'm going to say, you don't want to be put into a box. Other people don't want to be put into a box. What do I always tell my children? It's like, you don't like it when people talk to you that way. You don't talk to them that way. It's how this goes. If you don't want to be put in a box, don't put other people into a box. Okay? So grace allows for that. So in 2 Timothy 2.1, so be strong in grace. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, this therefore, by the way, and we learned this from Mike because he's such a good teacher, right? Therefore, you always have to look at the context, right? And, and therefore always points to something beforehand, and it points to verses 13 through 18. Well, verses 13 through 18 actually points to and references a, another book in Philippians, and I know I don't have it up there, but and, and if you want to turn with me, that is great. At Philippians, it's just right before Colossians, so if you, if you turn left, if you turn left in your Bible, if you're following along, get past Colossians, and you get to Philippians. And the situation that's going to be talked about is Philippians, found in Philippians chapter 1, 15 through 18. And he's talking about, he's talking about people sharing Christ. And he says, Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. See, Paul, his takeaway from that situation is the fact that, yeah, okay, there are people out there doing wrong, yeah, okay, and there are people that are doing right, 
but Christ is being preached because his confidence is not found in the people, it's found in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But the situation, so in coming back into 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, it says this, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Philegius and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was, and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. And then he continues on into Timothy. You therefore, my son, be strong in grace. All these things are going on in my life. All these things have happened. Be strong in grace. That is in Christ Jesus. And he says, keep the sound words, the good thing which was committed to you. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, verse 13, which you have heard from me in faith and in love. And those sound words to be well words, the Greek definition of that, to be well. In faith, in belief, and in love. And, and amazingly enough, agape love, meaning great love. The same love that is said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah, that agape love. So all these, all these things are going on in my life, but show love. And that they were committed to you. And committed basically means to put alongside, to travel along with, to be along with you. Found in the Holy Spirit. The leader, by the way, into all truth. Then all these things, all the, all the struggles that are going on, all the things that are going on, you therefore, my son, be strong in grace. Not, not you therefore argue with people. Not you therefore try and convince people that you are right or that I am right. Not to go out there and, and, and debate people into the ground. No, but that you be strong in grace. That you be strong in grace. And that work of grace has an effect. The experience of grace, however, is not where you live. You don't live in the experience of grace. And where do you get that? I get that in Galatians. And if you'll flip over to Galatians chapter 2, In Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21, it states this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. 
See, I don't live in the experience of grace. I live because of that experience as a result of. And it's me walking that out. And it's me following after that and understanding that the concept that grace gives me the ability to live, to know Christ, and that concept that I have in Christ, you need to spend time. You need to spend time focusing on that which is true so that when you are away, what you think about when you think about God that the concept that you have is a clear concept because the longer you take, the longer you look, the longer you follow after. Why is it that we respect those who have followed after Christ, who have displayed the fruit of the Spirit? Why? Because their concept of Christ has is coming out in the fruit of the Spirit. And as that concept develops and you see that the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in their life, they have a character that ministers to where you don't even know, you don't even, they don't even need to say anything. They can walk into an area and you already know. Have you ever had that where um, when dad walks into the room and uh, you already know that um, you're in trouble because you know exactly what you were doing? Or at the exact flip opposite of that, when dad walks into the room and you know you've done a good job. Now, maybe you are one of those that either didn't have a dad or maybe you are one of those who, um, you know, it doesn't seem like it was pleasing to them. I'm going to tell you there is a Father in heaven who loves you and has always loved you. And whether or not you have felt the love of a dad or not felt the love, I'm adopted. Okay? And if you're adopted then you understand what I'm saying. If you're not, I get it. But if you ever dealt with dads who are not there, then you know what being adopted is like. There is a... There is understanding who your identity is and the fact that God loves you and has always loved you. And will always love you. And the more you get involved in that, the more you focus on God, deep change starts to happen. Not the kind of change that you can make. It's the kind of change that God makes. And all you're doing is walking it out. That person did this to me. I have a choice. I can either get angry about it or I can love them. I'm going to tell you that, that God changed my heart so much that I went from a very angry driver driving in Portland traffic to a person who, you want to cut me off? Okay. Whatever. You want to go faster than the speed of light? Okay. Whatever. Deep change. Deep change. Spend time. Maybe driving is not a thing for you. I do not know. This is so that that deep change brings about, and I'm almost done. I apologize, I'm taking, just, just notice the time. 
I will quicken it up. Concupiscence. A word that is used in the, the Geneva Bible when you look up 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. In today's language and in today's day and age, you, re, you read 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. And it says this, For this is the will of God, your, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. And if you look in the Geneva Bible, it will say concupiscence. And if you look up the definition of that, if you look up that definition, it means the longing to do that which is unlawful. The longing to do that which is unlawful. That you abstain from doing or, or the longing to do that which is unlawful. That which is in your heart and that which is in your mind. Now see, that's something that only you know. I'm not going to know. Only you're going to know. I may be avoiding the chocolate, but anybody who knows me know that the longing to eat the chocolate is definitely there. I'm just saying, okay? All right? Just putting that out there. The longing to do. The deep change, the character change that needs to go in you and needs to come into me as well too is that deep change that says my longing too is to longing to honor God. My longing too is to do that which is pleasing to God. And then lastly, the chief cornerstone. First Peter, I will work this through. The whole entire thing is verses 1, 1 through 10. But therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Knowing growing in your faith. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. So who are we? We are the people of God. Believers in Christ, followers of Christ, a royal priesthood, chosen, you, as a follower of Christ, 
he redeems us. So all in all, in summary of all, all parts, part one and part two, God through the Holy Spirit develops our character, gives us identity, affects our lives by grace so that our longing for is for what is honorable to him in truth and integrity, found by abiding in the chief cornerstone, Jesus the Messiah, who is alive today. And now you know why so many in the world want to think that Jesus was not raised from the dead, not alive. Because we are alive in him. So, as we go on, this, by the way, I'll display this again because it's a lot of verses if you didn't have a chance to actually write it out. Um, and I'll display it right after this. Um, we're going to get into chapter 5, and we're going to be dealing with future stuff. We're going to be dealing with prophecy. We're going to be dealing with that thing. So next Sunday, so we're going to be dealing that and going, heading on into part 11. <clears throat> but these are the verses that we went through. If you want to write them down and you did not get a chance, I will leave them up there. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for this day. I pray, Father, that we may have a wonderful rest of the day and a wonderful rest of the time. And I pray, Father, that we may walk with you, that we may have that relationship with you, that we may be alive in the Spirit, and that we may just be refreshed in you. I thank you, Father, for everything you do and who you are. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I hope that you enjoyed it. To follow along with this series, you can go to www.agjordanmt.com and following the links for current and past broadcasts. I hope that you have a wonderful day.